Is it really possible to teach our children in such a way that they will have a desire to live the principles that we teach? Do the things we teach go in one ear and out the other? Or do they stick somewhere inside and slowly grow? How do we know if what we're teaching is having an effect or not? In today's episode, we talk about the difference between teaching to share information versus teaching to invoke transformation. You'll hear from several different people who've experienced the power of using the transformational cycle to teach their families and how it has changed their teaching for the better and how they're beginning to see how their teaching is making a difference in the lives of their family. Welcome to the My Teaching Matters podcast, where our mission is to help you, the intentional parent, teach your children in such a way that they can personally experience the power of Jesus Christ while still at home. Welcome to the My Teaching Matters podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Johnson, and I'm here with my co-host and mom, Leslie Johnson. Hey, everybody. Okay, also, we have another guest here today. My sister Haley just got home from her mission just a few weeks ago, and we are so excited to have you here. Welcome, Haley. Thanks. It's good to be here. So, Mom, what question did we want to talk about today? Yeah, you know, I wanted to talk about something that I think is really important to our listeners that they um, really want to know, and that is, what can I do to help my children really know and have a desire to live the gospel? I think that, um, you know, we grew up being taught by teachers who would prepare lessons and then give lessons and then expect us to remember those lessons. And um, I would call that teaching information. Um, but those of you who've been following us for a while or listening to us for a while know that our approach to teaching is just a little bit different. We don't want to focus our teaching so much on the sharing of information as much as we want to focus our teaching on transformation. And I think that that's what our parents are looking for. How can I help really um, help my children really know the gospel so that it transforms their lives? Um, so I guess the question then is, what's the difference between informational teaching and transformational teaching? And how do we do that? Ooh, I like that question a lot. Um, I think that's so true. And I think, you know, our default is informational teaching because that's easier, right? It's easy to to say information and to expect them to remember it. And that's what we experience at school, right? That's, I mean, we've mm -hmm. gone through however many years of our life, you know, focused on this informational teaching. Um, but this idea that as parents, particularly as we teach our children the gospel, we care a whole lot more about that transformation that they receive than we do that information, realizing that the information leads to that, but that's not the main purpose. Um, I think that's a great question. Yeah, so actually that's one of the reasons that I wanted Haley to be with us uh, today because I've just been um, recently returned home from a mission where she does a lot of teaching. Um, she was able to witness firsthand the difference um, between people who um, were learning just for information versus people who were really learning to, to transform their lives and to heal their lives. And so, Haley, we're glad to have you with us. Can you maybe... Um, Talk a little bit about what you see as a difference between information and transformational teaching and maybe share an example with us. Yeah, sure. I think, <clears throat> I mean, missionaries, yeah, we teach a lot. And so there have been moments where I've been more of an informational teacher. And I think that 
it is easy, like Lindsay said, to, to focus on that. But um, one thing uh, I remember one of the members in one of my areas, he talked about how he shared with me that the gospel is caught, not taught. And so that really resonated with me when I when I first heard that, because as we are teaching people and teaching our children or whatever, you have to let them experience it. Like any sport, I mean, I, I love sports. And so with sports, you can't just teach someone how to play a sport. You can't just have them read a manual or, or tell them how to play the sport, but they have to experience it. They have to learn it. And so by letting our kids experience the gospel, that's how they will truly catch what we are trying to teach them, right? And so we're helping them learn how to learn for themselves by giving them the tools to be successful and then guiding them along the way by by teaching them how to experience the gospel themselves. Does that make sense? I love that example, that catching the gospel is a great analogy. That's what we want to do with our kids. We want them to yeah. catch the gospel. I love it. Yeah. Um, so as far as examples go, I think, I mean, there were two very spiritually defining moments on my mission, and I can, I'll can i share one of them. But um, So in one of my areas, um, I was in a meeting with some other missionaries, and we were at one of the church buildings, and these two young kids came in, and they were about our age. They were probably 20, 21. And they seem to have the most well-rehearsed, like, information to bash us. I have never experienced, like, such a conflicting and, like, I don't even know how to exp- how to explain it. But they they understood and they knew a lot of information to tear us down. Um, they were pulling up scriptures to tear us apart. And they had all this information, but it didn't make me want to listen to them at all. Um, I think that, I mean... By the time they left, they just kind of made me angry. And I remember having a discussion with those other missionaries of how, how we felt as they were talking and how that, that information that they, they, they shared with us didn't really impact me in a way that I wanted to actually even learn about the things that they had shared with me. And so I was thinking of maybe another example of, of that. You know, Haley, let me interject right there yeah, because one it. of the things I remember when you shared that story with me from the first time was that you said... Um, the problem was for them was that you'd had too many experiences with the gospel to, to believe what they had to say. And those experiences that you have had with the truth of the gospel was what actually made it so their words didn't matter. Didn't matter. Right. And so I had experienced the gospel firsthand. So the things that they had told me and the things that they had seemingly knew Mm -hmm. per se didn't really impact me because I already had a testimony of the things that I believed. I love that. That's so important. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Um, so the other experience, oh, is with one of my very favorite people in this whole wide world. Her name is Gracie, <clears throat> and she is amazing. I was serving on the University of Oregon campus at this time, and my companion and I were praying for someone to teach that was ready for the gospel. And I remember... Um, we had a booth set up on campus to try and get people to talk to us. And eventually Gracie had come up and, and she said, sisters, is there like a, an institution class that I can come to? <laughs> and I was, I was just laughing cause it was so cute, but we eventually started teaching Gracie and she turned out to be one of the most amazing people that I've ever met in my entire life. Um, she, I was reading the scriptures this morning and a scripture came to my mind that I think kind of encompasses exactly what, what mom, you and Lindsay are trying to do. 
but it says it's in Mosiah chapter five, verses, verse two. And this is after King Benjamin gives his amazing speeches. He's, he's teaching the people. And it says that, um, that he wanted to, to ask the people if they believed the words which he had spoken unto them. He wanted to know if they, um, believed what he had to say. And it says, and they had all cried with one voice saying, yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us. And also we know of their surety and truth because of the spirit of the Lord omnipotent, which has wrought a mighty change in us or in our hearts that we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. And so I think that's what you and Lindsay are trying to do, right, mom, is to to experience and help help the ch- your children to have that mighty change of heart. And I saw that firsthand in Gracie. Um, she prior to this was babysitting for a family in her hometown in Tillamook, Oregon. And she had been given a book of Mormon from this family and they challenged her to pray about it. And that same week, so that was Christmas break. And so then she came to to school that next week and um, had saw our booth on campus after she had prayed about the book of Mormon. And she thought to herself, there's no way that that's a coincidence. That is an answer to my prayer. And so as we were teaching her, she had experienced a mighty change of heart where she, as we taught her the gospel, saw the fruits of that. And I texted her the other day and she sent me the sweetest text back about how the gospel has now impacted her life. She eventually got baptized and um, is now preparing to serve a mission, which is probably one of the greatest miracles that I have seen on my mission that, that these people that I've taught have experienced and have felt the gospel change their hearts in a way that they now want to share it with other people. And she said to me that focusing on the gospel has given me such an incredible amount of hope. Before finding Christ, I often felt frustrated and didn't understand the purpose of why I'm here. Now that I can accept guidance from Heavenly Father and His Spirit, I know that I have a purpose here. And when I feel the love of Christ, I want everyone to feel it. I love this gospel. And so Gracie is someone firsthand who has caught the gospel, how she has experienced it and has seen the fruits and now wants to help share it with other people where she has had that mighty change of heart that she has no more disposition to conform back to her old ways, but to become a better person, to become who the Savior needs us to become. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with our children too, is to help them experience the gospel so that they can also move forward and to to see those fruits so that they have that testimony as well. That's a beautiful story. I love it. Yeah. I think that um, you're exactly right, Haley, that that's, so that's an example of your, on your mission, I think, and that's a fantastic example. And our goal now as parents is to do that with our children, right? Our children are the first investigators, the most important investigators in our home, right? They don't, um, they have, they have the beads of this testimony, the seeds of it, but they, um, we have to help them have those experiences. So, so I love that idea. And I think we've now probably talked, um, quite a bit about, you know, what we're going for. And I think that that's, that resonates with me. I love that idea, but how do we do it, mom? Um, what do we do? Well, you know, um, we, Lindsay, um, you and I just finished, um, having a, um, children who know challenge that we invited some participants to, um, do with us and, um, to experience what it's like to have this, this transformation themselves and with their families and to, to, we've decided that, you know, we do a lot of this talking. We, um, try to explain things on our podcast and share things on social media, but as we're 
learning this, we're realizing, you know, for people to really understand what we're talking about, they have to experience it themselves. Just like what Haley was saying, if we, we want them to catch the vision, then they, you know, they have to actually have to participate, they have to play. And so we started this um, challenge where we can actually take our, our listeners through that process. And um, through that, we have, we have come up with what we have um, termed as a transformational cycle. It's a cycle that will really help um, transform our teaching in a way that our families can really learn the gospel and internalize the gospel. And so, well, so it transforms our teaching, but I would add that the transformational cycle actually transforms our children. And like, ourselves. That's what we're going yeah. for. Um, we want to help our children transform through learning the gospel, right? And so in order to do that, we have to teach, we have to transform our teaching, right? Or we have to teach in a way that allows them to transform. And that's, um, that's what this challenge does, right? We designed this challenge to do exactly that. We went through our beta test and it, we had some great success with it. So we're going to open it again, um, January 11th. We're going to do it live with everybody because that's really way more impactful. The truth of it is, it's just better when we can meet together and do it. Um, it will be online, so you don't have to be in person, but doing it as a group is impactful. Um, but yeah, this transformational cycle is is where the power is at. Um, and so we're going to go through that. Did you have more to add to that, Mom? Well, I just, what we, what I've done is we, from those that went through our beta program, I actually was able to um, get some recordings from them of what was impactful to them and to their family. And they're going to share that with us. So throughout this episode, you're going to hear examples from these real moms with real kids and real experiences about how this transformational cycle um help transform their teaching, help transform their own understanding, um, and transform their, their children. So it's actually really uh, and powerful. Yeah. Can I just add something real fast? Yeah. I think, too, these examples show the fruits of that. I think it's really easy to just get discouraged when you try it and it might not work, but how over time you see those fruits happen and it's worth the effort. It's worth putting in the time and the, the tension for your kids, even if they might not listen all the time, but to help them experience the gospel so that you can see the fruits of that. Because you'll see that in these examples, there's success stories of, of things that you can also experience in, in your own teaching with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. So the first person that we're going to listen to is actually um, Stephanie Allman. And she's going to share just, you know, how the challenge, this, this challenge that she took of children who know transformed the way that, that she looks at teaching her family. And, uh, so let's take a moment and just listen to, to Stephanie. I think this challenge helped me see my teaching in a way that I, like in a whole new light, um, I feel like before it was very much like sit down and listen to me and let me tell you uh, what the manual needs to tell us. And, you know, trying, trying to do what I thought was best, but it was very much um, top down type of instruction. Like there wasn't really any personalizing, not any reflecting, just like, here's what you need to know. And um, there you go kind of thing. And then that was it. We didn't, we didn't do much. Um, so from taking this, this course and this challenge, um, I think my teaching has definitely changed to reflect more of the way the savior taught. 
which is how um, Lindsay and Leslie have uh, structured the class. I mean, to teach in a manner that's similar to how the Savior taught. And so I feel like I have a lot of big takeaways because I had a lot to learn. Um, A monthly theme. And I think that is huge. It really helps you focus on what you need to, on one gospel principle at a time. And so then everything starts to, you start to see everything through that lens of, in this case, how God is helping you in your life. And you start to notice those opportunities. And you, I, I noticed that I talked about it more. I noticed things more. When the girls, when my girls had problems, they were scared. Oh, Heavenly Father can help you. Let's say a prayer um, instead of just kind of, oh, let's say a prayer to feel safe. It was like, let me focus on this. Heavenly Father will help you, um, that aspect. And so it's a little more detailed and a little more, um, it just came up more, you know, because that's what we're focused on. And then the other thing is that personalization aspect of it. Um, this was again, kind of tough for me, uh, because I haven't really done that too much. And so it was kind of, um, really beneficial for me as a, as a person. And then I can help my kids as well. So we were kind of both learning along with each other and, and, uh, with the personalizing method, um, it helps my girls really understand what, what it means for, um, God to help us in our lives because they're picking something that they want to have help with. And we're praying for it as a family and we're working towards those goals together. And so things are, they're sinking in and they're internalizing what, what we're talking about even more. And so I think having a, a monthly theme to focus our attention and then to personalize it, those were the two huge takeaways for me. Um, and I guess it kind of goes hand in hand is the acting part. So you personalize it and then you act on, on it. So you have your, your goal, I guess, of what you want to work towards and then you pray for it. And then, um, looking for things and, and just continuing to, reflect on, on what happens. I mean, really the whole, the whole program was awesome. Um, but I think if there's nothing else you get from it, I would say to, to, it would be the monthly theme to implement that and to have a personalizing aspect where you act on it, um, would be the biggest takeaways, but yeah, there's so much, great inspiration that is in this program and it's really helped my family and I'm excited to keep going with this and to learn more. Mom, that's a fantastic story from Stephanie. Um, she, <laughs> well, and she gives a pretty good overview of, of the transformational cycle, right? Um, she talks, anyway, so, so we'll, we'll have a, anyway, she gives a pretty good preview, but that idea that her teaching now is transformed. She used to do that informational teaching to her. That's what she was doing. That's what she thought was best. And I think that's where lots of us are. That's what we think is best. But ultimately, once we realize that it's not the information that matters, it's that transform transformation that matters. It's helping our kids change and internalize and really start to act on the things that we're learning that really makes a difference. So mom, can you give us 
an overview of that transformational cycle. So Stephanie talked about some of those pieces, but can you can you explain it clearly, kind of what we're going for? Yeah, yeah. So let's imagine a clock. So you've got a clock in front of you, and inside of this clock where the hands would be, you want to put, this is where we would put the theme that um, Stephanie talked about, how the theme was so impactful for her. And a theme mm-hmm. is just our objective or the principle of the gospel that we're focusing on teaching. So that just goes right there in the middle of that circle of a clock. Um, at the top of the clock, at 12 o'clock, you want to place the word experience. You start with an experience. Um, and as you have that experience, then you move through the clock to to the right-hand side or 3 o'clock. And you're going to, there you're going to have the word remember or a, a, a time to reflect or to remember about the experience that you had. As you continue down, you're going to come to the bottom of the clock, and that word there is going to be personalized. After you've had an experience and you've reflected or remembered about that experience, then you're going to personalize that. What does that mean to me? And then moving back up at 9 o'clock, you're going to have the word plan. How are you going to take what you've learned and implement it to do something different? That's where the transformation comes in. How are you going to change based on what you have learned? And then the cycle starts again at 12 o'clock with an experience. And it just goes around and around. Mm. That's that's cool. So so you start with an experience. So we've talked about some of these things, right? Our episode just recently, we talked all about the power of experiences. Right. Um, that actually was in episode 30. So if you want to really dive deep into the importance of an experience, you can listen to, to episode 30 of, of our podcast. Okay, so episode 30, we talked about the experiences. You have to have the monthly theme. You say that's like inside the circle, right? That helps keep it all together, keeps it nice and tight so that you're not going wandering all over the place, but you're actually making, you know, going where you want to go. Um, that's, I think, the most recent episode, right? 31 was where we yes. talked a little bit about about those that theme, the power of that theme. Um, and so now we're talking about that whole cycle. So you start with the experience at 12 o'clock, then you have to remember it. You're going to personal or um, yeah, personalize it down at six o'clock, and then at nine o'clock you have plan, meaning planning ahead to think about what you're going to do. How are you going to change based on what happened? And then your acting becomes your new experience, right? As you act on that plan, that becomes your new experience that you can then remember and personalize, um, and just keep going around, right? And then that helps lead towards that transformation. Yes, yes. So let's go back to experience and talk a little bit about. When we're talking about an experience, what does that mean? Uh, Lindsay, just briefly tell uh, <clears throat> tell our listeners, just remind them, when we talk about having an experience, what does that mean? Um, so an experience really just means <laughs> that. It's an, it's an experience. So we, in, in episode 30, we talk about how there's two different types of experiences. There's contrived experiences, which would be, think of like an object lesson, right? It's something that you do, you have them act or like do something, an object lesson type thing that helps them experience the gospel principle you're trying to go for. Um, and then the other type of experience would be a natural occurring experience, something that just happens on its own, right? That you don't have to, you're not contriving, you're not doing anything, but it just happens in its day to day. But as those things happen to you, those matter because you own it. It's yours, right? It's not information that I'm telling you, but it's, it's now yours, right? And so, I mean, we say that and the power is that we you know, we're describing this, but we are just telling those of you who are listening, we're telling you, we're giving you this information. We can't give you that experience um, 
through the podcast format. We're doing the best that we can, right? So for, but if you come join our challenge, you, you can actually experience it. You can own it, right? So that's the two differences. The, while the information might be very similar, that experience, that thing that, that you now own it, you now have your own thing that you can draw upon and remember. It's hard to remember, you know, everything we're saying in an hour long podcast, but when you've now gone through it yourself, when you own it, when that's your experience, um, that's, you can remember that. Um, anyway, God teaches us through experiences, right? That's why we came to earth. Um, our purpose here on earth is to gain experience. It's to learn the things that we need to learn, things that we couldn't learn in heaven that we could only learn on our own through our bodies. Like God teaches through experiences. Um, and some of the times God, I think, puts purposeful experiences in our way so that we learn things. And sometimes it just happens, right? And, and we're, as parents, we're doing the same thing. But sometimes we make experiences. Sometimes we just let natural experiences and we take advantage of those. So does that answer that question, Mom? That was perfect. So let's give an example. So Verilyn Jensen was another one of our participants in our Children Who Know Challenge. And she shares um, her experience of how having these experiences uh, really helped her and her family. So let's listen to Verilyn. So one of my biggest takeaways from the challenge um, was about giving giving my children these experiences to help them learn. But then uh, I I really learned a lot. And that, that in itself was, was really good um, for me to do. But then the next step, which was acting, you know, um, uh, challenging them to to action like the the theme was how is God helping us in our life and so then it was asking them you know how they wanted the Lord to help them in their lives and writing writing those goals down about what how they were going to ask the Lord for help um, and at first I, I didn't think that it was really working I, I kind of reminded them about about those a few times but I thought oh, <laughs> uh, this it's not really sinking in. Like, I, I don't think that they're really grasping it. But then, um, then at the end, at the end of the challenge, um, if actually, yeah, after the challenge was over and things, um, my husband was kind of talking to our kids one by one individually one Sunday, just asking them how things were going. And my oldest, um, he's, he's gotten frustrated with his siblings a lot. Um, if they're noisy or not doing the things that they ask or, you know, he just gets irritated with them a lot. And what he had asked the Lord for help with was, uh, to, to not get so angry. Um, anyway, so my husband commented to him and said that he noticed that, uh, that my my oldest son that he wasn't he wasn't getting as upset with his brothers as he used to be and he's like uh no way to go adam good job and then adam responded by saying well that's because i've been praying for help to do better with that and so that was the moment where i realized that everything really was sinking in and it was all working um and it really did make a difference that's another great story, Mom, um, from Verilyn. I a couple things that stand out to me from that. One is, you know, before when you teach for tr information, um, 
you ex you teach it to them and you explain it and and they and then now understand right or that hopefully now like they can repeat back to you the the progress that your kids make i mean you can see immediately what they understand and what they don't right when you're teaching for transformation this is why it's so hard is that you don't see that immediate progress right when you have that experience you don't necessarily see your kids change immediately um, and Verilyn talks about that, but she also says that when the time came, she realized, whoa, wait, this is sinking in. This is working that like they are being changed because of it. Right. And so you have, um, you know, as parents, I think we have this, this internal struggle. It's like, okay, well, I want, I want progress now. I want results now. And that almost comes from teaching by information, right? That transformation is not quick. You have to give your kids that time, but, um, but having that experience lets them own it. It lets them reflect on it. It lets them then act on it. And eventually it does sink in and they do transform and they do change and they are starting to make, you know, a big, huge leap and bounds instead of just those, you know, um, minimal steps forward. Yeah, I, that's, that's totally right. It's this, when we're looking at transformation, it's not going to happen overnight. But as you see these little fruits, like Verilyn says, you know, when I recognize that this really was sinking in and that, well, yeah, dad, of course I'm changing. I've been praying for that. I've been working on that. Then she's like, oh my gosh, this is working. That there are, those are the fruits that allow you to see that it's, that it's working, but it also allows your children to see that it's working in their lives. And that is what gives you the encouragement and the hope to, to continue on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. So Verilyn, you know, for her, the big takeaway was, was using those experiences to help her kids, you know, experience and internalize something that then led them to start making those changes. Um, right. But the, and the steps that we, we do to get there, like after you, so that's the 12 o'clock, that's the, where you start, right. Is with the experience. Mm -hmm. And then you move over to the three o'clock and what's that word, mom, over at the remember, remember or reflect. So to remember. Did, yeah, we've oh. had this experience and we want to remember what was it about that experience that was meaningful. And okay. actually, oh, go ahead. Nope, you go ahead. So, so, you know, many of us use experiences or like an object lesson or, you know, something that the kids can experience in our lessons. And we use that. But a lot of the time we stop after the experience. And um, when we stop the cycle there after experience, after 12 o'clock, we get to 12.05 or whatever. Um, but then we're missing out on a lot of the rest of the day. And it's like, it's like a broken clock. You're right twice a day, right? So occasionally, just by doing an experience by itself, you're going to teach something that's going to be meaningful to your children. But if we really want to um, experience the power of this experience, we have to reflect on our experience we have to continue through that cycle and reflecting is the next step and so again you know i just want to reiterate here that um there's there's more steps to this cycle and we can't just stop after the experience we need to continue that to really make it um stick with our with our children or even with ourselves so the next step then is to remember or reflect. And Tiffany Hinkson um, talks about an example with her family where she experienced this idea of, of reflecting with them and how it was, was meaningful 
So this was a really neat challenge for me and my family. We have a five-year-old boy and a three-year-old boy and a two-month-old girl. So um, we were talking in this challenge about noticing um, how Heavenly Father helps us in our lives. And as we started out with it, I think it was a little bit kind of abstract for my three-year-old to get his head around. If I help him with something, then he can see me and I can be there with him. But if Heavenly Father is helping him with something, um, he, he can't see him. And so it was, um, it was a really good thing for him to learn to recognize uh, how Heavenly Father can help him um, and, and with my other son as well. So each night we would um, give examples and talk about how Heavenly Father had helped us in our lives. And my husband and I would always have something that we wanted to share. And then we'd ask our boys what they had noticed. And uh, as we got a couple days into it, it was really neat to be able to hear uh, what they were noticing. Uh, my older boy um, said that he noticed that Heavenly Father had helped him not to be rebellious while doing his chores, <laughs> which was pretty fun. Um, and then our younger son said that he had noticed that Heavenly Father had helped him not to be scared to go downstairs by himself. Well, I, th I think that's fantastic. So for her, they just, by taking that extra time to remember and to reflect, right? And this is why that theme is important. In the very center, you have that theme that helps you know what to focus on. But as you remember that experience and you reflect on it and you start thinking about, okay, what am I experiencing? What's going on? I mean, her three-year-old noticed that when he was going down the dark stairs, he didn't have to be as scared because Heavenly Father was helping him, right? That's a very real thing for a three-year-old. <laughs> Very, right. very real. Um, and anyway, I, I think that's a fantastic. So so when we talk about remembering, it's remembering the experience that you had, right? It's reflecting on it. It's taking that time to ponder and, and think through things. Um, you know, the scriptures talk a lot about remembering. And and that's our goal here is just to remember, just to think about it, to, you know, take that time to ponder and reflect and remember what you've gone through and what experiences you're having. Um, because the experience, without the reflection part, without thinking about it, without remembering it ever again, that experience then becomes, you know, it evaporates, right? It's no longer useful. It's no longer mm -hmm. there to take advantage of. Can I share a story really fast? Sure. So I, on my mission, um, was teaching this lady and we had one of the most spiritual experiences I have ever had in my entire life with her. Um, she was really struggling trying to understand the gospel. And so we did what we called a faith flip with her. And I don't know if I would totally recommend this, but it was <laughs> spirit-led, so I did it anyways. But basically what you do is we asked this lady, her name was Melinda, we asked her to think about something, the thing that she wanted most in her life. And she said ultimately the thing that she wanted the most was to live with Heavenly Father again, to know how to receive that salvation or exaltation with her Heavenly Father. And so we said, okay, great, let's do it. Um, so she said a prayer and then the faith flip, we opened up, she just opened up to a random page in the scriptures and the page that we flipped to, it was incredible. It talked, it answered her question exactly the way that it was supposed to. Um, but it said on that page, remember probably like six or seven different times. And it told her to remember, to remember, to remember, to remember. And sad to say, Melinda did not remember. 
And she kind of came off of this transformation cycle where she decided she had this experience. We had this incredible thing that had happened to her where she had this faith flip. She felt the spirit so strongly telling her that, that she, she could do it. She could return back to her heavenly father, but decided not to remember that experience that she had. And later on, she stopped meeting with the missionaries and she stopped coming to church. And I don't really know what happened to Melinda at this point, but it's important that we help our children and help those that we're teaching remember the things that they have felt and the things that they have learned. Because without that, there is no transformation. Because without that remembrance, then there's no need to continue forward because they're not internalizing the things that they have already experienced. That's a great story, Haley. I, that that illustrates that point so well. Um, and then I would say that we, we can't just stop there. We no. can't just have the experience and then remembering it. There's still more that we need to do with that. We need to complete the cycle. So, um, so the next step in the cycle is that we have to actually personalize the experience. And as we think about the experience that we had and we reflect on it, we also need to reflect on what does that mean to me? How does that affect me personally or help our children? You know, how, what does that mean to you? How does that uh, make a difference to your life? And this is where the real transformation starts to occur as we start to apply it to ourselves. And then the next step, or we start, you know, we're going to, we're starting to think now how it applies to us. And then we're actually going to apply it. So this is where the real transformation starts to happen at the at the six o'clock hours, you're going from six back to 12. This is where you're really going to see the transformation take place. Um, so let's listen to another um, person. We got Verilyn again telling us about how her family learned to personalize what they were learning. This challenge helped change the way I looked at my teaching because it's focused a lot on the on giving our children experiences, but also causing them to think deeper about those experiences, like how how would they feel or what did they personally learn. So instead of just reading through the scriptures and kind of summarizing it for them, or you know, just kind of going over things quickly, it caused me to to think about the kind of questions I asked, and instead of me summarizing. I asked them what were some of the things that they learned from it, and then I would sometimes ask deeper questions like, well, why, uh, like, why was that important? Or how would they feel in that situation? Or what would they do if, or what would they do if, if they were in that same situation? Um, and so it just helped me to think a little bit more about the types of questions I was asking my kids and to try to give them the opportunity to experience it and uh, feel things for themselves rather than telling them what to think and feel allowing them to express express that on their own. Okay, so as we listened to Verilyn then and she talked about how, you know, she was asking her her boys her kids, you know, so what does that mean to you? Why is that important to you? And those are the kind of questions that that allow us to think about ourselves and allow us to personalize that to the point that it becomes ours. And um, and that was one thing that, that she recognized and started to change in the way that she was teaching her kids. 
Well, and I'll just point out, Mom, that Stephanie mentioned the same thing at the beginning, right? In her little episode, she talked about how important it was for her to start personalizing it. Um, right. And how that made a big difference as they started talking about how this, you know, what this meant to them individually and why they care and how this applies to their life now. Um, why are we talking about this? Why are these scriptures important? You know, those are all the types of questions that you use in that, um, you know, in that section of personalizing as you try to personalize the scriptures. Right. Right. So, so now as we go through this after, as we begin to personalize it, then the next thing that we want to help our children do is, okay, as they recognize that it's important to them um, and that it has a place in their own specific life, then what are they going to do or how are they going to act the next time they encounter a similar experience? Um, what are they going to, you know, what plan are they going to put in place to, um, to change about their behavior in the next time they encounter this. So um, Verity Simmons is another one of our participants and she shares an example about how planning what she was going to do helped her feel better about her son being on social media. So this was her own process of going through the transformational cycle. She's transforming the way she's interacting with her son, but it could also help us think about, you know, as we help our children step through that same process of, okay, so now what are you going to do to change and asking those questions? But this, this particular example is from Verity is about her process of changing what, how she was doing something. So let's listen to Verity really quick. So Leslie talked about how, um, Teaching our, our children and um, helping helping them deepen their, their testimony and their understanding of the gospel was like eating an elephant. And we had to do it one bite at a time. Um, so I shared with my boys that I was taking this, I called it a class, and I was learning about how to help our family uh, learn and understand the scriptures better. And that we would be talking about um, a theme, we'd be referring back to it often, and that the theme was God is helping me in my life. And I asked them, they're 10 and a half and eight, and I asked them if they believed that principle. And my 10-year-old said yes, and then I asked him why. He said, I get a pit in my stomach if I make a bad choice. When I asked my eight-year-old, he said yes. And when I followed up and I said, well, um, tell me a time when you have felt God's help. And he thought for a moment and he said, uh, I don't actually know why I said that. I don't know if he is. And then I asked him if he knew why he said that. And he thought, and he, he didn't have an answer. And so I proposed that maybe he said it because it sounded good to say yes, um, but that he wasn't really sure and that maybe he wanted it to be true. Um, that he wanted to believe that God was helping him with his, in his life. And he said, yes, that. Um, and so it was actually really a good conversation starter um, and to be able to talk openly and honestly. Um, and so I encouraged him to pray and, and tell Heavenly Father that he wanted to know that that he was helping him, that the Heavenly Father was interested in his life and loved him and cared for him. Um, and just to tell Heavenly Father that he wanted to feel that and he wanted to know that. And then my son added, 
well, maybe he'll help me remember a time when he did. And I thought that was good. It, um, it made me think that he was really actually listening and paying attention to it. Um, and so I, I think that it was a really good experience to be able to have um, that open and honest conversation that we don't have to know all the answers and we don't have to have all of the experiences already, um, but that we can we can not know and we can try to learn and we can um, we can ask Heavenly Father to help us know, to help us build our testimony in that. So actually Verity um, gave a great example there, I think, of personalizing for her as they were talking about that and she was trying to help her son personalize why, you know, what he was learning. And he's like, well, actually, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Which is which is fine, right? You know that's the whole thing. That she's person. That's real to him. When he says, "Maybe I really don't know that that's what's happening," and she was able to take that and and talk to him about for him why that's important and why that was meaningful to him. That's a great example of of personalizing it, and then to be able to to step him through that process of encouraging him to try to know and to find out uh, what that means. Well, and yeah, and I think that that became their plan, right? So as he went, went and personalized it, he says, you know what? I can't actually remember a time, but I want to remember a time. I believe this is true. I want to believe this is true. I want God to help me remember. I want him to help me see this a little bit better because I want to see it more, right? And that becomes his plan. Um, and you can imagine how powerful that is as a child and as a mother to say, to have that freedom, to say, I don't know now, but I'm going to create a plan and I'm going to ask God to try to help me know. And I'm going to take the time necessary. And um, right once you create that plan, the next step then is to act on it. It's to do it. And as you do it, you know, we have faith that God is going to fulfill his promises and he will give us another experience. And we don't know exactly what that experience will look like. But that we now have another experience built upon that first one as, as we act on our plan. Um that we can then start to implement. And so you can see how powerful that is as a parent and as a child. And, you know, it works for ourselves. Honestly, this transformation cycle is the exact same for parents as it is for children. Um, we just, as parents, we want to be intentional in helping ourselves and then in helping our children complete that cycle and go through everything that they need to do. Let's think of that experience. If we were to have stopped just with the experience um, where she says, you know, what do you think about this? And he says, yeah, I think it's, that that's probably true. Um, and then she would have gone on and said something else. We would have missed that whole opportunity to really reflect and personalize and to get to the point that he says, well, maybe I don't really know. You know what? We want to know if our kids don't really know. We That's important information for us to have. And going through this process allowed Verity to recognize where her son was really at and then help him create a plan to get to where he wanted to be. And that's what is the powerful part of, of this, this cycle is that we can get to the root of things as we reflect and as we personalize and, and then we can act differently. And so, so while that was not the intended outcome that she was looking for, it actually was, was almost better because it allowed her to get to the root of where her son was at and help him find a place and put place in, a plan in place to change. I think that's exactly right. Because I think so many of us, if we were to hear our children say, uh, I don't actually know, 
I just wanted to say that. Um, we might get scared, right? Mm-hmm. Or upset and say, oh, what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, why doesn't he know? Or is he going to, you know, you just get fearful because you don't know. But you, you, you can't change that. <laughs> you know, that's not what you want to hear or uncomfortable, maybe. Right. But I think the truth is that when we have once we understand the cycle, we don't know, we no longer have to be fearful of those unknowns of that uncertainty because we know how to help them through it. We know how to get through it ourselves, right? We can have faith and choose to act on some of these things. And, um, you know, President Nelson, he mentions multiple, I've I've been reading some of his talks recently, and he talks about being fearless woman of faith. And I love that, that term, um, you know, being a fearless woman or fearless mother of faith. And I think that's where we need to be, right? And that's what, that's what, um, Verity showed was this idea that she, you know, her son didn't know, but she was not afraid of that. She was a fearless mother of faith. She wasn't afraid. She knew how to help him through that to get to where they wanted to be. And I, I love that example. Yeah, there's real power in that, that you don't have to be afraid because knowledge gives you the power to work through those, those issues and those concerns. Um, I love that. I love that example that, hey, not knowing is not a problem. We can figure this out. We can help our kids figure this out together. And um, where we know where the problems are, then we can help. We can help fix those and help put a plan in place. And that's what this cycle does: is give us a framework that we can teach our children, and we don't have to be afraid. We can know where they're really at, and we can help them get to where they want to be. And we can have um, confidence that through this cycle, through this um, transformational cycle, we can get there. The other thing I want to point out, Mom, and this is a little bit different, but as I look at each of the examples from those different people, from Tiffany, from Verilyn, from Verity, from um, Stephanie, they all had very different experiences. They all had very different things that they learned through this challenge, through this experience, right? And I think that this just further goes to show the power of this transformational cycle, right? Because we designed the challenge in a way that follows this transformational cycle to transform the parents, to help the parents transform the kids. Um, And it's taken us a lot of time, years, to kind of finally figure out how this works, right? We've been Mm -hmm. experimenting, seeing power and like, you know, trying to, to do these things. But the power, mom, when you, if we were to teach for information, if we were to teach a Sunday school lesson, you know, and talk about the power of, you know, or these podcasts even talk about the power of a theme or talk about the power of um, experiences. Th- those are powerful and those can make a huge difference. But when you go through the challenge, it becomes personal to each family. Mm-hmm. And they have a transformation in their family that is important and is the transformation that they personally need. Right. And it's different for each of them. And that's what makes this cycle so powerful is because when we focus on experiences, when we focus on the transformation and on helping make those changes that we want to change and becoming more like our savior, rather than just on teaching knowledge, um, that's when we can make those changes. That's when it becomes powerful to us. And I think that that those different examples show that, right? They each had very different things happen. And um, so for those of you who are listening, uh, we'd love to have you come join us for our, our challenge on January 11th. You can, um, that we, we would love that. That would be awesome. Um, you can also try to do this on your own. And that's, um, we've, we, we've laid it all out for you pretty much here as much as we can in an hour's time, right? There's, right. Um, but 
the idea is that you need to find something personal to your family and and make that transformation happen. And I, I love this idea that that it is. It's not about the information. It's about that transformation. We care about transforming our children and transforming ourselves and transforming our family to become more like the Savior and to grow closer to Him. And that's that's our purpose. That's our goal. Well, and that's why we want to invite our listeners to come and experience this challenge. Because like we said in the beginning, um, we can talk a lot about this. We can disseminate all the information that we can about why this is important and how this works. But if you really want to understand it, if you really want to see what it can do for you and your family, then you have to experience it. And we can't give that to you without, I mean, the best that we can do is take you through this challenge where we can give you the tools to experience these things on your own. Um, or you can try to do it yourself. Like I said, we've we've given you everything that, that you can, but there is something that happens as we do this together and as we share our thoughts and our experiences with each other. Um, and so that's why that's why we wanted to do the challenge again was to give an opportunity for our listeners who are who are serious about this to really experience what it can do for you. And that's what what can happen through it through the challenge. Yeah. So, Mom, can you quickly just review what we talked about? Can you t- just take us through a review of the transformational cycle really fast? Yeah. So, again, remember your clock it, in the middle. You have your. Um, theme or your principle of the gospel that you're teaching. 12 o'clock is your experience. You start with an experience. You move to remember and reflect on that experience. At six o'clock, you're going to personalize. What does that mean to you? And then you're going to, at nine o'clock, you're going to plan the next uh, stages or how you're going to act or react in the next experience. And then you act again and you continue that cycle over and over. And it's these four steps that really can take our teaching from just sharing information to really encouraging transformation. Yeah, yeah. This is this is so powerful. Um, this is so powerful. Can you also, Mom, really quickly explain how someone just like in one minute or less what the challenge is and how people can sign up? So the challenge is actually as a group we go through these these stages and we uh, help you create these experiences for your family. We teach you questions that you can ask uh, as you reflect or you know, we create an experience for you to have and then we ask questions to help you reflect or remember. We teach you how to personalize the kind of questions that you can ask to personalize it. Um, and, then, and then we teach you how to uh, act on this new information that you have. And it's just kind of um, an in-depth review of of all of these things that we've talked about. And so if you're interested, um, you can go to our website, uh, myteachingmatters.com and sign up for the the challenge there. Or if you um, want to just send us a note on Facebook or um, email, uh, we'd love to just have you give us your name and um, contact information and we'll let you join us for this 10 day challenge. And it really is an amazing opportunity. Yeah, so I'll just add it's $10. Yep. $10 totally worth the transformation in your family. Like this is, um, that $10 just kind of covers some of the, the costs that we have is with running it. Um, the, yeah, you can sign sign up through our e- or on our website, email us at challenge at myteachingmatters.com. It's 10 days now. Now, lest you feel overwhelmed, it's 10 days long. 
10 minutes a day is all it takes, right? We're going to focus on one principle, one thing a day. We're going to take you step by step, hold your hand all together. We're going to like every day you learn something with something to implement takes, you know, less than 10 minutes to watch the video, less than 10 minutes to do it. Um, so 10 minutes a day, 10 days. Um, and we're going to do it together because yeah, we heard lots of these stories that people were sharing, like people were sharing, you know, in the moment. You can imagine how exciting that is to to hear what's happening in, in each other's lives. It's just, it's so powerful. Cannot recommend it enough. So we'd love to have you come join us. It starts January 11th. Sign up before then. Sign up now. Um, and remember that your teaching matters. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.